0: Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com.
1: And I'm Molly Balin of the fabulous website LittleRedMark.com. In today's episode, we're covering minute 11 of the movie The Cabin in the Woods. And so this is a continuation of the scene from our episode 10, where we go inside of the creepiest gas station store ever, (laughs) and we actually get to meet the harbinger in person. So where we left off last time was Holden was peering into the window of this store. And so it's a really dirty window and he kind of peers in and then we have this perspective of it looks like somebody's watching him from inside of the store and looking out, but he doesn't see them. And he kind of knocks on the window and then he enters and when he goes in, it's just a super gross, weird store with a bunch of crap. And it basically looks like he goes into an Ace Hardware owned by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. (laughs) Definitely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I, I... I was so excited to work on this minute. So the you know, the movie's been great so far. We're you know, we've got ten minutes into the movie and and by minute eleven, we're getting to the first place I think I could really felt like I could sync my movies by minutes research brain, notice what's going on in, in, you know, in the environment kind of minute because it this minute is so full, right? Mm-hmm. It's like packed stuff. And it'd be easy to just go, yeah, there's some like there's some hooks, there's some stuff on the wall, there's a register, you know, there's some maybe people can go fishing and I don't know what would people buy at this thing that doesn't even look like it's ever open. But the first thing I noticed was this jar and it's a very large jar that has some kind of orangey liquid and something big floating in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it actually has something written on it, and what's written on it is a date, and the date is written kind of the way you would may- maybe in in Canada or you know d- definitely in Europe. So it's like the ad the dates kind of flippity flopped from how we usually write in the U.S. That besides the date, it says nicardia, s est- s steroids or. you know, asteroids, I don't exactly how to, it's not asteroids, which is what it's (laughs) easy for me to say. And I was like, Nicardia, steroids, hmm, that looks interesting. What the hell is that? And so looked it up, clippity-clop, checked it out. And so I'm going to read this. I'll try to not make it too dry. It's pretty short, but it did seem interesting. So it's a species of Nicardia genus I'm not gonna know what some of the things are that I'm saying. I'll try to sound like I know what I'm doing. Are gram positive. So I don't know what gram positive is. Nicardia esteroids are found worldwide and they are saprophytus. Saprophidis? Saprophidus? saprophytus. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> word is. S-A-P-R-O-P-H-Y-T-E-S. They live on dead decaying organic matter in the soil, water, dust, and on vegetation. They are important in the soil because they break down dead and decaying organic matter into simple substances that can be taken up and recycled by plants. Nocardia asteroidis, or astro, however you say it, appear as filaments and their colonies usually appear yellowish in a slant culture media as seen from the images below. So, obviously, there's images you guys can't see. So, (laughs) anyway, then when I looked at the images, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what's in this jar. This jar has got this stuff in it, this bacteria, funky stuff that breaks down dead and decaying organic matter so what do you think that sounds like something important relevant (laughs) yeah it
1: does it does seem kind of curious and relevant i mean i kind of feel like we just stepped into the movie seven for a second (laughs) Um, i mean and not to be not to be weird but it kind of seems like something you would have if you were trying to get rid
0: of a body totally that's what I thought, too. And that actually will, will make kind of make sense with a couple of the other things that we come across here, too. So we pan by some hooks, all hooked on a thing and, you know, hooked on a hook of a thing. And then uh, <laughs> that's the technical term for it. No hook of a thing. Oh, my God. Probably fishing hooks. But then I don't we come think they're. I'm going to stop you there. hooks. Oh, so the little the long little hooks. You don't think those are fishing hooks? Well, see, I saw like just the big hooks, like the meat hooks. Right. But the big hooks. So that's what I was going to talk about next. So at first, I was talking with Brian. He will come up throughout the entire rest of this podcast, my husband and the man who is responsible for our awesome website and pretty much any tech issues I have with computers and such. He's the tech guy. Heidi's sleeping with the tech guy. I'm sleeping with the support staff. (laughs) And both of us kind of looked at those hooks and were like, what are those? Are those meat hooks? At first, we thought they were, you know, for slaughterhouses. I'm not going to get too much in detail, but I did look that up. But he and it appeared that slaughterhouses and please no one send me any pictures of slaughterhouses, Um, but I'm not inviting that in. But it (laughs) appeared that, that mostly for meat hooks, it was one or two hooks and that this was three hooks and that this triad of hooks, this treble of hooks was actually for dragging a lake, dragging a lake for bodies. Did you come up with something
1: different? I thought they were just like standard. I thought it was a basket of meat hooks. That's how I interpreted that. Like you would roll in and be like, hey, I'm thinking about killing some people and, and I'd like to hang them <laughs> up. I could really use some meat hooks. Oh, right. you guys have that. That's really great. And obviously you keep it in stock and you've got like 20 of them in like a cute basket. So that's right. like, you know, like you would keep gum at the register. Like you Quick just have them. little the point hooks. of sale,
0: grab and go. Some right. meat hooks. Right, like some battered. displayed. Things. Yes
1: right right so that's how i interpreted that i did not realize that was like we're going to keep this around for dragging a body in the lake
0: yeah that's what our research showed was that then these would be along one of those long chains and then you'd drag the whole chain you know with a bunch of them so you'd be dragging across the lake and 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 find bodies there so
1: so did that look like cuz that looked like multiple in a basket to me or did right. you see Oh, so that's just, like, we've got several of them for
0: sale. We've got a basket full of treble hooks. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it looks like to me. Anybody out there see anything different? Again, don't send me any pictures of slaughterhouses. But, like, in the movie um, Return of the Living Dead, they have, this is totally different, but they have um, cadavers, and those are, like, held with these big, not hooks, but, like, um, Something kind of like grab, gripping on to the temples. But yeah, I did look at, I did look up some uh, of those meat hooks, and it was definitely uh, single or double. And this appears to be that that a uh, treble. And when we looked that up, it was those were the kind you used because it would cut through the grasses and all that stuff fairly easily, but then grip you know, the grasses under the, the water, and then uh, kind of break break past those fairly easily, and then grip onto something like a human body, for example. Do you have any speculation as to why that would be a grab-and-go item? <laughs> I don't think it would be a grab-and-go item. I think there's two things here. One to remember is that this is the harbinger right so mm-hmm. the harbinger as you explained in our last minute the harbinger is foreshadowing something that's coming up well somebody's going to end up in a lake in the future so mm. that could be a symbol of that foreshadowing of that number 2 we're going to learn a touch more about this character the harbinger and that you know he is part of the you know the whole ritual And so he's, you know, part of the team. Mm -hmm. And so who knows, maybe part of what he does is something with a jar of something that helps break down a body, get rid of a body, you know, and maybe he's part of something that helps dredge and drag a lake. So maybe, you know, besides his job being the harbinger, perhaps there's just supplies here in this space ready for this, you know, to help with cleanup after the ritual. That's what came to mind for me.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I hadn't considered a, a cleanup crew element after all this is done, that, you know, they're going to have to pay some people to dismantle the whole thing. I mean, they have several dif- different departments, but that's part of what the question is in terms of this ritual is, is this a temporary set dressing. I mean, he obviously in a future minute, he's going to give a little bit more context about quote unquote, how long he's been there. Whether we take that at face value as being real and truthful, debatable. But if we took that comment at face value, then the presumption is, is this is his home and this is part of his job and they have stuff here ready to use.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's set dressing. So the people that decided to dress this set? Did they just throw a bunch of stuff in there that looked like something would be in a, you know, in a kind of a rundown old gas station? It seems like they put a little bit more thought into it and said that maybe here's some, some, here's the Harbinger space. So here's some harbinger, you know, Easter eggs, kind of, you know, little things that could be tipping us off. That's the worst Easter egg hunt ever, by the way. The if there's a jar of pickled Easter eggs in here, I'm gonna pass. Yeah, that's just, that's totally ruined my Easter.
1: <laughs> that's like a Marilyn Manson Easter. It's the harbinger Easter. Here's a
0: jar of, what was the name of the the weird... Oh, uh, I can't remember. I closed the tab. But it was yeah, like Niv- the stuff.
1: Yeah, the Nvidia something, the body breaker downer, pickled jar stuff. That's really cool that you found that though, because I was thinking like, God. It, I mean, it has that feeling when you go to a crappy gas station and there's a lot of pickled or brined items which you would never eat right. ever. The pickled sausage and that weird like red colored stuff, and there's also the. Then you go into the scientist cellar, and there's weird pickled fetuses. and Right. Somebody's yeah, there's keeping... just
0: something about things being pickled and preserved that are part of this whole world that it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah. So and speaking of the pickled sausages that are here by the register, Brian thought that was so totally normal. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, that's the kind of thing you'd see in a place like this. And I'd I was not familiar with that. I'm like familiar with pickled eggs or, you know, a big pickle at a deli that's in a big jar or something, but not these pickled, just a bunch of red sausages. But he said it was pretty normal. So you recognize that too? Like, is that part of your, your world of recognition? <laughs> Jarred pic- pickled sausages? <laughs>
1: There is a convenience store that is quite close to us and has such a jar. So you can get a pipe to smoke
0: and you can also get a red dyed pickled sausage. (laughs) Well... It seems like either something I've never seen before, or something I've scrubbed from my memory, or someone else's scrubbed from my
1: memory. <laughs> either that, or you're just hanging out in classier places than Brian and I are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so, so there's <laughs> there's also brooms. There's a basket of brooms. So true. That's innocuous enough. Yeah, if you needed to clean up on aisle five and you needed a broom, you right. could get that there. You could get although
0: a even the brooms could be like a foreboding sense of you know cleaning up, cleansing the world of something and refreshing and restarting. Or witches. Yep, yep witches. But there's another little thing here that I saw on top of the register that you actually referenced. So you referenced Los Alamos in our last minute, the National Laboratory, N-A-N-L, L-A-N-L for short, Los Alamos National Laboratory. And there's actually like a brochure for Los Alamos on the top of the register. Shut up. I did not see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it kind of surprised me when you mentioned it. Yeah. So we've already sort of talked about it, but we definitely thought that was a trippy detail. Yeah, initially organized during World War II for the design of nuclear weapons as part of the Manhattan Project. It's located a short distance northwest of Santa Fe, New Mexico, in the southwestern United States. So did you say that's where Drew Goddard, that's where he's from? So yeah, trippy, trippy little cool detail that somebody threw in there. Well, as we're
1: talking about setting up faux spaces to blow up, I mean, I believe they also made, you know, as part of their nuclear testing sites where they would make fake towns and then blow them up. Mm, right. That has that feel to me, too, that this yes. is dressed to the nth like a Michael Mann set, you know, right. to the, the smallest yeah. detail. If we presume he doesn't actually live there and he's got like a condo in Manhattan or something, and he just flies <laughs> into this shit, you know? All
0: right. <laughs> Yeah. So then we get another quick shot outdoors. And that's similar to a shot in the last minute where you said there's this like, creepy, crackly shot that looks like, you know, maybe somebody's watching them. And um, it's behind some of these dried out trees and twigs. And they're kind of blustering in the wind. And it's definitely setting a tone of foreboding.
1: Yeah, there's that long shot of it, it feels like somebody is crouched and looking at them and watching them from a distance. And, yeah, Kurt's kind of yelling for Holden, but it's Holden's mom like,
0: Holden! Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and then the so the camera pans from left to right and it actually, uh, from outdoors, kind of slides into... To Holden going into like maybe the back room or something where there's some weird, more weird stuff. And one thing that was kind of interesting is that he he quickly kind of passes by like a little statuette that's sort of mostly yellow in color and sort of reminded me of like a of the Land of Lakes, you know? <laughs> Native American woman, sort of like a fertility goddess version of her, like maybe somebody weaving a basket or something like that, but sort of had a bit of a fertility goddess kind of look to her. So
1: that was just a really bizarre barrage. I had this pagan land of lakes, pagan butter ice cream feel like it. (laughs) From what you were saying, it was just, it just, there was a lot of sensations
0: inside in that moment for me. It was really (laughs) weird. (laughs) Hagen Butter feel. I don't even know what to do with that <laughs> combination of words. You don't know. I don't know. And you put that in my mental space. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that exactly. Yeah, me neither. But it definitely evoked a little something strange. So yeah. And then yeah, there's some coyote furs. There's a meat cutter. There's some more jars. And and as he's sort of you know, and you were talking about like. At this point, why, you know, why is Holden even looking around in here? I think if I'd open that front door, keep see those hooks, I'd probably turn around and leave. Right, because that's reasonable. Yeah, and, and the sign says closed.
1: The window's dirty, the sign says closed. He's decided to go ahead and investigate anyway. Right. To check it out. And so he's checking out all these different items until he, like you're saying, he gets the back and he passes the Midwestern butter fertility goddess statue on the way to. So this is what I wanted to ask you because I. He touches this, like, piece of
0: leather with what looks like a testicle at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked like a t- talon, <laughs> not a testicle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! It's not. It's not. I. I swear to God, I watched that shit like three times. I was oh like, Oh my god! Is woman. This like a fr- look he's, he's kind of like you, so I thought he maybe was like, Oh, is this a ball? Oh my god! It is a ball. He <laughs> lets it go. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I thought it looked like an ostrich leg, like a skinned ostrich leg, kind of splayed open. And then the talons of the ostrich foot, or whatever you call it, that's what I thought it was. Like the big toe, big toe talon. (laughs) Because it almost looks like a dinosaur talon kind of a thing. That's what I thought it was.
1: See, I kind of thought it might have been that, but it looked a little too dull. It didn't look sharp enough, and there was, like, you know, the way it's hanging. It looks like, like you're saying, it's <laughs> okay. been splayed open. So I thought maybe it was like, oh, look, it's a fertility... Do you fertility need some- testicle dangle? Yeah. Do you need a dried nutsack <laughs> for oh a spell? God.
0: Okay. <laughs> so then this is a great thing to go to our Twitter gang. All right, so... Those who are listening and and are hanging out with us on Twitter at at Cabin Minute Cast. So is it hashtag testy or hashtag (laughs) talon? And we'll get we'll we'll talk about the results when we get them in. Hashtag testy or hashtag talon. So. So just remember to at us so we see it. It'll be at Cabin Minute Cast and let us know hashtag testy or hashtag Talon. (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'd honestly like to know because I I literally ever since I've seen this, I have interpreted it that way as a dried ball sack. So I love that. I'm really curious that, you know, hey, we Ooh. all perceive things, and I could be perceiving this completely inappropriately. And so I'm totally happy for someone to set me straight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Once you see it, see something as a dried ball sack, it's hard for you to see it any other way. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Well, and that kind of makes sense with how, you know, how Holden responds to it. Because he starts backing away as soon as he grabs a hold of that thing. Right. He takes a look and then he's like, "What the fleep?" And then turns around past the um, welding helmet, past the saw, blade, saw blades, and past the jar of cow eyes, and past our beautiful fertility goddess of butter <laughs> and the beautiful display case of a variety of pinned spiders. Mm. So those were the things I noticed in here. And again, with our uh, in our wonderful new Facebook group, which is Gabin Gabin in the Woods, get yourselves a mint julep and uh, come turn on, on down and gab in the Woods with us. Uh, <laughs> we're on Twitter. Let us know um, if there's anything else you noticed in this room that I didn't mention. Um, how about you, Molly? Did you? mention anything else or see anything else specific um,
1: <clears throat> more crap in jars so it looks like there's a couple of amphibians mm-hmm. in some sort of <laughs> uh i don't know if you ever got these but like they're like cheap cheese round puffs and they come in like gigantic jars it kind of oh, looks yeah, yeah, like yeah, like you get yeah. them at costco yes yes like the costco cheese balls and somebody cleared out the costco cheese balls and was like I'm gonna stick a toad in here and preserve it and keep it in the window, <laughs> right? And so that's what it looks like that happened next to the quote unquote the alleged talon slash nutsack pelt in the window. <laughs> cool.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Anybody, let us know if there's any details um, or anything about. Let us know other stuff you may have observed that we that we missed. So yeah, once he touches that talon slash ball sack, <laughs> he turns around and uh, we get a bit of a jump scare. Our first, like, besides the, besides, I think the, um, you know, when the title, the title card comes in, which is a bit of a jump scare. I think this is our second jump scare.
1: You're right. It is. Yeah. And we had a little bit of a debate about what gets set in this moment. Because it's right before Holden's exit. Well, he, he's exiting. He's like, oh, it's it's creaky. It's weird. I'm, I've had enough here. And he kind of right. yells out something about like what I interpreted as... And who knows? I might just be full of shit for like... I might be you know zero for three in this whole episode of perceiving <laughs> things accurately. But hey, that's okay. I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> and he's... I don't think we're going to find gas here. That's how, what I thought he said. But you were thinking yeah. he might have said something... Slightly
0: different? Um, No, I mean, honestly, when I watched it, there were subtitles on. And right now I'm not looking at it with subtitles. And, and what I've noticed, and you guys may have noticed this too, is that even if I'm watching this, you know, minute over and over and over again, I, it just doesn't lock into my mind exactly what people say. So I'm not saying that he said something different. I just remember that when we were discussing the fact that this this area and everything around us, uh, the, our gang here, our Scooby gang is sort of saying, get out or go back, you know, just atmosphere wise. And the fact that there's the close sign and all this creepy stuff, that I thought that he turned around and said something that was sort of like a you know, maybe we shouldn't be here or I can't, you know, but I couldn't remember exactly. So what mm-hmm. you're saying, he says something like, I don't think they have gas here or something. Yeah. So yeah, maybe what, in yeah. my mind, it was like, he was saying, I don't think we should be here. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe I, I finished the sentence in my head or something like that. That's mm-hmm.
1: all. Oh, that it was like, he was feeling that the, he felt the vibe that this is bad. And he's like, we should not be here where we should right. go. And then, so, um...
0: Yeah, so maybe Holden is kind of, you know, hmm, I'm getting, you know, I'm picking up with the Harbingers laying down here, which is, (laughs) let's get out of here.
1: Right, right. And I know that the Harbinger, when he pops out like the fucking boogeyman says, (laughs) the sign says closed. Right.
0: Yeah, the sign says closed and he's in his space. Yes. And um, so we've got Tim DeZarn here as Mordecai, the Harbinger. (laughs) He does such a great job. (laughs) And uh, one thing that they mentioned in the commentary is that they saw a lot of guys for this Harbinger character and that he was the most sort of understated. So people would play this character kind of, you know, crazy and over the top, but his sort of straightforward understatedness really uh, clinched the deal for him so this is our little introduction to him and he does he does a great job looking just real creepy and yeah like something somebody you want to get the hell away from as soon as possible (laughs) which is what holden does he starts like he he bumps into something and then he he literally backs his ass right out of that place as soon as Mm -hmm. possible yeah a comment
1: that the harbinger makes of asking if he's come they're uninvited or he's come here uninvited yeah interesting yeah which they kind of have the other thing that's kind of interesting is we move into them having a a actual verbal conversation with the harbinger
0: Mm -hmm.
1: where kurt asks you know hey we were looking to buy some gas does this pump work and the harbinger's like if you know how to work it Like, yeah, (laughs) with being a bit suggestive. Yeah, thank you for saying that. What does that mean?
0: Yeah, and the other thing is, like, as he's stepping out from his building and he looks like he kind of has, like, a, a, you know, work jumpsuit on and a jacket, and he's got so much of that chew or cha or whatever you want to call it in his mouth, and he's, like, chomping on it. Later on, we're going to see him spit it out, and I... Of all the scenes in this movie, to me, seeing him close up with that stuff rimmed around his lips and him spitting it out and the foley of that sound and everything, that is the most disgusting part of the whole movie to me. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. uh, It turns my stomach thinking of, you know, I definitely I did live in a in a rural a rural juror area for a while. <laughs> uh, I lived in Grass Valley, California, and I did, you know, go to school with some some uh, guys that that chewed and um, you know, handsome guys like handsome farm farm fellas. And uh, but that chew was disgusting. And this guy, he is like the epitome of that stereotype, right? You were kind of wondering, I think, where that trope came from. Like mm-hmm. this, you know, obviously we're playing with stereotypes in this movie for very specific reasons. And where do we get this this guy? You know, where's the origin story of this type of character? I wonder, you know, I think of it as something like you mentioned you mentioned <coughs> uh deliverance deliverance. And uh there's definitely an aesthetic there <laughs> that comes to mind here. Uh but yeah, where does that Where does the first seeds are planted for us of this kind of backwoods chewing tobacco kind of a guy?
1: Yeah, because I feel like the chewing tobacco, like I've seen this before, like I know who this guy is. Mm -hmm. This is that gruff, defensive, shaved head or buzz cut, you know, And, you know, it's an antiquated habit as well, other than, you know, say maybe baseball players where we have that association Mm -hmm. of, you know, the chew. But commonplace, I really can't think of anybody that I've that I know who uses chewing tobacco on any kind of regular basis. Right. Or at all, really.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The end of the minute here. They're kind of asking him a couple questions, not quite getting the answers they want.
1: (laughs) No. I did notice that Dana and Marty
0: kind of hang back for this
1: conversation. Right. And I thought that was kind of interesting that the three people who die in the film are the ones who are engaging the harbinger here.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting point.
1: You know, and you know, obviously Marty will engage in the next minute, but for the next level of, interest and inquiry of how do we get to Tillerman Road comes from Jules and Kurt and Holden. Holden specifically asks, uh, we wanted to get some directions. And right. Kurt asks, we want to get some gas. So we are literally looking for support of how to get there. Right. You know, Tillerman Road comes out of Jules' mouth. Do you know if it's this way? So we're, we're really entreating... We, meaning Jules, Kurt, and Holden, are really entreating the Harbinger to help out to get to a place of doom. So that's part of this, too, of like, even though all of this is really sketchy as shit, we really want your help to get there. Right. Right. On a side note, I really appreciate that you had a 30 Rock reference. That I hope people, (laughs) the rural juror, which I'm sorry we kept on going and I didn't get get back around to... I was like, oh, my God, and I kind of freaked out a little bit. Uh, but
0: that's why I was freaking out is that you did a rural juror. Oh, my
1: God. nod.
0: That's one of those shows <laughs> I've watched many, many, many times. I just love it so much. It's so hilarious. And on that note, I wanted to uh, make sure to attribute – Kevin Ranson. So Kevin is in our Movies by Minutes Facebook group. And that's the place where all of those of us who run these Movies by Minutes, not everybody, but most of the people that do these podcasts, we hang out in the Facebook group uh, for Movies by Minutes makers and listeners. And Kevin Ranson is the guy who had the genius title of our new Facebook group for this podcast, which is Gabin in the Woods. So (laughs) thank you, Kevin. (laughs) Uh, There was uh, a lot of different great suggestions, but that one just sort of rose to the top. So um, yeah, so thank you to Kevin Ranson. I think that's going to be it. If you want to find us just everything related to the podcast, like how to find us on Twitter and Instagram and how to subscribe and how to even like buy the movie or find out a little bit more about Molly and I, all of that stuff is on our website, which is cabinminutecast.com.
1: Yeah, so come on back on Friday, when we are going to go and chat some more Harbinger. And we have a little bit more of a expansive verbal conversation with uh, the Scooby Gang and the Harbinger. And we will see you back at the cabin. (laughs)